Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. It's late December. It's the middle of the school holidays. Welcome, bosses, to episode 87 of the show. Today, we thought we'd sort of run with this whole school holidays idea and talk about some public speaking tips for kids specifically kids in the high school age, though this is probably going to be applicable for a little bit above and below that as well. I think we can all agree that when you are a better speaker as a kid, you're going to be a better speaker as an adult. Now, my kids are still too young for this episode, really. Um, I have one who cannot speak yet and one who has not quite got to school projects that require speaking. Although she does speak two languages already. She does, and she speaks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. I am so amazed at what she is learning at school at the moment. It is so much different to what I learned at school, which was only, what, 20 years ago or something. And it honestly blows my mind. I swear what she's learning now is what I was learning in high school. I am so genuinely excited for the next generation. They absolutely do have the capacity to change the world. Where they are going to be in their 20s is going to be probably further than we're going to be in like our 50s. It is honestly the most phenomenal generation coming up. I think us as you and I, Thomas, in our millennial generation, we kind of came through this big change where we grew as social media grew. Yeah, yeah. And we've had to kind of adapt and change to that. Whereas this generation that is coming up now, they're natives to technology, to social media, to all of those things. I mean, they Just born straight into it. That's it. They will obviously have their own challenges, but I think they have one of the greatest opportunities in a long time. And they need to be able to communicate what they know, what they believe, their ideas. So in the future, even more than now, I mean, obviously we believe that speaking is one of the most critical skills now. It is only going to get more critical. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the things that they can do at this kind of school age, this this really formative age, to give them the biggest head start in their speaking and in their communication. Let's have a look back, Kate, to when we were teenagers, because I want to ask you a question, which is, what was your like attitude towards public speaking when you were this age? I avoided it because it was terrifying. Yeah. Were you, why was it terrifying to you? I don't know, but I did just know that oral assignments were meant to be scary. They were meant to be hard and difficult. Everyone hated them, so (sighs) I hated them because oral assignments are hard. The end. Public speaking is hard and it's hard because it's public speaking, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm one of those weirdos that like never really felt the fear of public speaking. I don't I don't recall ever being scared of it. And I have done some deep soul searching to work out why. And I think it's because I was exceptionally lucky at that age. I was in the Air Force cadets. And as you sort of rise through the little ranks that you've got there, at some point, the commanding officer said, Kraft, you're going to be an instructor from here on. Yes, sir. Okay. Like, <laughs> And so I was put on, I went and did a weekend course in what was then called instructional technique and then put in front of younger teenagers than me. And I used to teach a couple of subjects vaguely around aviation. Can I just interject with a dumb question here? Okay. <laughs> Cadets, is that like scouts, but for the Air Force? Oh, that hurts me very slightly, but it's probably a pretty accurate description. Although all of the arms of the Defence Force do have cadets here in Australia. Right. Army, Navy, Air Force. I was Air Force. 
So this is for teenage kind of age? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think 13 to 20 from cool. memory. Yep. Look it up. Don't quote me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was put on this course in how to instruct. I was put in front of a class with some content and I just... It just happened. At no point did somebody say to me, public speaking is scary or it's difficult or it it was the fear of public speaking was just not given to me as an option because people around me were doing it. I was just sort of given it to do. You know, I, I then went on and, and joined Toastmasters when I was 18 and I was again around people who were just doing it. And I think that is the greatest advantage I was ever given in this career, which is nobody turned to me and said, public speaking, presenting your thoughts, presentations, any of that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It was just never said to me. And I think if we're going to move this next generation into the master race that they are clearly supposed to be, if we can give them that exact same opportunity that I had, where we completely neglect to remind them that this is something they should be scared of from experiences that only we have had, not through experiences they've had, and just give them the opportunity and the skills and the best chance to go forth and present, that is the single biggest advantage we can give them. Oh, I love that so much. And I see it with my daughter already. I mean, she's six, she's about to turn seven, and they do little show and tells at school. And we talk about it in the morning, and she has no fear around it because we don't talk about the fear. We talk about what are you going to say? Why do you love your object that you're taking into show and tell? And have you done a little bit of practice in the morning so you're really clear about what you're going to say? And I hear it in a room doing a practice. (laughs) But it's exactly that. I don't tell her that it's meant to be scary. And she comes home and says, yeah, love show and tell. And Oscar did his and Poppy did hers. And hopefully nobody ever turns around to them, you know, in in years to come at school and says, oh, we're going to learn public speaking. This is terrifying. Like, hopefully that sort of never is even mentioned. But, Mm. uh, yeah, we can't control everything. (laughs) All right. So apart from not instilling that fear initially, which is one of the biggest things that holds a lot of people back with speaking, what are some things that we can do and that we can help our kids with and what direction can we give them to speak well if they've got a project coming up or an assignment or something that requires some sort of oral presentation? Or instructing in the cadets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've got a couple of base skills here that we know if sort of injected now will fast-track kids to be better communicators much quicker. Mm -hmm. One of them, if we start from the top, is to always begin a presentation with an engaging opening. This means we want to start our talk with a sentence that grabs attention or is otherwise interesting or ensures that the audience is going to listen to us for the rest of the presentation. Sometimes this is called a hook, like to hook the audience in. A hook can take the form of a couple of things. You could have something like a startling statistic. You could have a bold statement that you will then go on to explain. It could be a question to the audience, or it could even be a really short little anecdote that is just interesting. Yeah. So this is the difference between opening your, let's call it an assignment with, today I'm going to be talking about climate change, as opposed to... Did you know that climate change will kill 98% of polar bears in the next two months? Something crazy like that. You know, I feel like I shouldn't be making up statistics about climate change when there's probably perfectly reasonable, terrifying (laughs) ones in themselves. Find your own statistic, but... (laughs) The point is, something that's engaging and grabs people's attention immediately. Because no one is excited by, today I'm going to be talking about climate change. So plan a really cool opening. Simple as that. Uh 
The next thing is to have a think about what is the goal of your presentation. What is it that you're hoping to achieve by, you know, giving this presentation? You can think of this as like the message, as in if your audience walks away remembering just one thing from your presentation, what do you want that to be? So you can think of it as what is the goal of my presentation or what is the message of my presentation? And it might be a little bit easier to think about as a result of my presentation, I would like my audience to think, insert statement here, or I'd like my audience to do, insert statement here. What is the goal of this presentation? What do I want them to walk away knowing or thinking or, or, or to do? The reason having this one foundational message is so important is it's going to help you to stay on track. It's going to help you to make sure that you include the most important information in your presentation. And also when you've got that message nice and clear for yourself, it's going to make it much easier to be able to drive that message into the mind of your audience. The next tool is to make sure that you include a story. Now, to me, a story really serves as either an example of what you're trying to explain or an analogy so that what you are trying to explain is understood on a different level. So let's just say the message that you want to get across to your audience is that slow and steady wins the race. And you talk about how if you go slow and you make incremental changes, then you are going to achieve your goal better than someone who rushes through and maybe doesn't quite get there because they've rushed. That's a fine concept, but the story that goes with that might be the story of the tortoise and the hare. And I think most people know the story of the tortoise and the hare, and that becomes a really great analogy to explain that message that you've got of slow and steady wins the race. Alternatively, you might have a personal experience, and it might be something that you've done, whether it's an assignment or something personal with your family or some sort of project that you've worked on, where you found that slow and steady wins the race. I've kind of got an example for slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, go So um, this is years ago now. This is just like just occurred to me. There was a barbecue I was going to on an island down the Gold Coast. And I went down there with my kayak. And so I was launching my kayak right next to this guy who was also going to the barbecue in his tinny with this dirty big outboard on the back. And he was giggling at me because... You know, you're never going to make it. It's going to be so slow. You might get there by dinner time. And I started paddling across and he overtook me. Obviously, he overtook me, right? And then his outboard stalled in the middle of the waterway. And he's just bobbing up and down on the waves as I very calmly and gently paddled past him <laughs> and peeled the first sausage off the barbecue. So slow and steady <laughs> wins that race. That's really good. That would be the perfect story to use. So if you can inject a story or relate an experience, it's going to make that understanding of your audience so much more powerful. All right, the next thing I think is the simplest in theory and sometimes the most difficult to pull off, which is to practice adding pause. I think it is a skill that is exceptionally difficult to learn because as soon as we start speaking, we get excited about what it is we want to talk about. We get a little bit faster and it can be difficult for our audience to keep up when we're speaking at an excited pace. So something I would love to see you try is when you're doing rehearsals for your presentation is to practice adding pauses in. Now, where do you add a pause in? You add a pause in at the end of making a key point and you make the pause for very slightly longer than feels comfortable. Very slightly longer than feels comfortable is going to be about one, one and a half seconds. And it will feel 
like a very, very long time to you as the presenter, but your audience will feel it as that just one, one and a half seconds and gives them time to sort of think, to catch up, and it makes you as a presenter look exceptionally controlled. Like I said, I think this sounds really simple in theory, but it can be difficult to pull off because it does take a bit of control. But in your rehearsal, practice adding in pause. So we really believe that if you can nail these couple of things, having a really strong opening, that really great hook, making sure that you focus on the goal of your presentation, using a story or an experience, and practicing the pause, then you will be displaying skills and using skills that most adults are still learning. <laughs> that we're teaching adults still now. Definitely. So that's your actual presentation. But how do you get better? And we do have some thoughts on that as well. And the first one is that you have to practice. You have to actually get in front of people and speak, even if it's just one or two minutes at a time, small amounts of time in front of people and build from there. Start with one or two people, build to a few more. If you've got an assignment coming up, practice in front of a group before you get to the actual assignment day. It's always nice to know as well and to keep in mind that the audience is always on your side. They can't feel your nervousness. Only you can feel your nervousness. I guarantee they can't see it. There's some like deep psychology goes into this. But basically your audience cannot feel the same nervousness that you are. They're on your side. They're interested in your thoughts. They're interested in your message. They're not going to be interested in judging you and or hoping that you fail. So just know that your audience wants to hear from you. Do you know something that I didn't properly understand until I was in my 30s? And I wish... So much that I knew this 20 years ago is that people are not interested in you. They are so much more interested in themselves and they are genuinely not thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think that they are. <laughs> it's so true. It really is because everyone naturally is just focused on themselves. And what they're interested in is what can I get out of this? What knowledge can I gain? What can you tell me? And I think that's what we need to keep in mind when we are speaking. It is not for us. It should be about our audience. We know a lot of assignments that are given in school have the objective of learning technology, building a PowerPoint or a slide deck, and that's fair enough. It's useful to learn the technology that we're going to uh, have to use the rest of our lives. But I think the trap that we can fall into is putting too much time and effort into the technology side and winding up relying on the technology when we give a presentation. We've seen this happen for the last few generations and we are daily trying to unteach this bad habit out of grown damn adults <laughs> every day. Stop relying on the technology. Here is what you need to understand about PowerPoint. And that is that it is really good at displaying visual information to your audience, right? You get that displaying visual information. You as the presenter are really good at saying verbal information, right? So keep that in mind when you've got these assignments about what goes on your slides. What are the things I must show my audience? Everything else that you can just say, because you're capable of saying words. That's the whole goal of a presentation is saying words. Take that information, put it into presenter notes, put it into your head somewhere where you're not sort of just displaying all of these words and uh, just text at your audience, that is something I'm still untraining out of adults today. If you can get on top of that now and understand the difference between what you need to say and what you need to display, 
uh, you're gonna find yourself overqualified in that aspect. The next tip is to watch great speakers and think about where you can find them and watch what they're doing. So this might be TED Talks, teachers, because some teachers out there are phenomenal speakers. Get out to community groups so you're exposed to different speakers. Watch them, look at what they're doing, and really critically think about what you really like and what you dislike about how they're communicating. That is so much about what shaped my early speaking was watching, I remember remember doing it in cadets a lot, was watching other instructors around me and thinking, that's an interesting technique that that guy's using. I'm going to borrow it and try it. Yeah, I didn't start watching speakers and looking at their speaking till way, way later. Mm. I think that would have really benefited me as well. And finally, one last tip is to be a good audience member. When someone else is speaking, give them respect, be engaged, and support them. Because like everything in life, what you give is what you get. Yeah, it's true. So if you could try those couple of things, remember those couple of things, such as to practice small amounts in front of small groups and build from there. To remember that your audience is there for your message rather than to judge you in any way. If you've got that assignment that requires to build some slides, don't rely on the technology too much. Think about what to say. Think about what to display. Get out there and watch some great speakers. The the internet is at your fingertips. You will find some people or you'll find some people in real life that you can watch and think about how they present. And lastly, do unto others. Be a good audience member for other speakers when you have the opportunity. I think, Kate, that should set them on the right path, right? For sure. I wish that I had this sort of direction 20 years ago. I genuinely hope everybody who is in that high school age today and forever in the future gets information like this or better information than this moving forwards and to be the best damn communicator they can be. So why don't you go out there, if you've got kids of this age, share this information, share the episode. If you're listening and you're of this age, go out there, build the skills, learn to be a great communicator and change the world. And that's us. That's the end of episode 87. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes and other free resources. If you have any other topics you'd like us to discuss, email us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week. I got a bit impassioned. Good. Made sense, I hope. Oh, yeah, totally.